This is Britta Filter, and you're listening to Yes, Jesus. and queens and in between sinners, saints, and I don't know if I is or I ain't. Welcome to another I'm Just a Little Bossy episode of Yas Jesus. I'm Daniel Francesi, and that's right, it's me. I'm back, and I'm here, as always, with my bestie. The boss-ass bitch, Azariah Southworth. You're not a boss, but it's okay, because here at Yas Jesus, we believe... Pegging. Mom, turn it off for a second. Pegging can be a sex act. Or a tactic for dealing with spies and assholes, especially assholes. If, if that sentence confused or intrigued or just made your pickle get tickled, then you're going to love this episode. And we need to bring this episode to you NPR style because for some reason there is an echo here, yes, Jesuits, and we got to talk soft and slow. Yes, we're gonna. This is the. We're gonna take it to the quiet storm. The quiet mm-hmm. storm tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, speaking of the quiet storm, how was your weekend? Yeah. So this is our first episode back, I believe, right from our summer break. Yeah. So, hello, yes, Jesuits. How, how was your was summer break? Your summer. Um, my summer was really good i learned a lot about myself you know a lot of self-discovery and just really enjoyed it just really enjoyed it honey you picked up some new art hobbies right (laughs) oh god (laughs) i did enter a art competition with the tama finland foundation so for those of you who are not familiar Tama Finland Foundation is the largest collector of erotic art in the world and they are here in los angeles and they are having an emerging artist competition. So I entered it with my high school collage looking submission. <laughs> it's, I mean, you it's know, actually it quite really, genius. It is genius. Oh, it's reclaiming your pride it. through art. I really appreciate so it. So explain it. Explain it. Yeah. The, the, res- the end result to me, I look at, I'm like, oh, this looks like a high school, like, just explain project. it. But stop defending for me, it. It was a very emotional piece. It's something that I really put my heart into it. And I did a drawing of pictures from my hidden album on my phone. (laughs) And so there's quite salacious. And I put it up against our, our daily bread devotionals that I found. One was walking in the park one day. And the different topics for each devotion of each day had a very, there was a sexual innuendo that could be read into it. Like one, one says milk first. The another milk one was says, first? yeah, milk first. And then the other, another one is I'm legally his. And another <laughs> one is like, you know, obedience, you know, like all of these kind of like things that I read into can it. Can we go I'm back like, to Legally His and could that be like a Broadway parody of Legally Blonde? <laughs> but it's like, you're like, you're like a Christian L. Woods. Right. <laughs> Legally His. You're like, OMG, my guys. And you're like, I want to see that musical so bad. Hey, like, what's up with Broadway parody Christian musicals? Like, we need more. Like, you know, they tried to do that with Hamilton. Christian Chenoweth, where are you? (laughs) It's like, what? We shouldn't be giving anybody any ideas. Um, But so, so it's the drawing with the background of our daily bread devotional headings that have sexual suggestions, and then I put backpack straps 
on it. So this may not make sense in your head. You may not be able to visually see it, but the title of it I gave was Unpacking. So unpacking all of this, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast since the beginning, I've told my story of, you know, as a teenager going through conversion therapy and then, you know, becoming a teenage delinquent because of all the repression that was happening and and with zero sex education, zero safe place to ask my questions and explore. And so things come out sideways, right? So as a teenager, things came out sideways, became a teenage delinquent because of that. And a backpack was involved with stolen dildos and porn, right? So that's why the backpack straps are on it. And I title it Unpacking. So, like, it was an emotional piece for me. Um, I don't think I'm going to win anything at all, but it was fun to... You already won. There you go. You there already you won. Go. That's it. Honestly. And that's I... on what? Jesus. And that's on what? Jesus. Okay? <laughs> you got a problem? Draw about it. All right? <laughs> <laughs> so, it was nice to get that out, to get that out of my system in another way. So, yeah, that's uh, that's one thing I, I did with my summer. I thought that was really cool, honestly. Thank I think you. it's really cool and um, looks awesome. Um, you'll Thank ha- you. you know, uh, you'll have to check out Tom Fillin, y'all. Maybe you'll get a chance to spy it um, somewhere on their <laughs> social media. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, I had an interesting summer. You did. Um, Speaking of summer fun, because that's a great mm-hmm. drag name, summer fun. <laughs> I was on Celebrity Drag Race, RuPaul's oh Secret God. Celebrity Drag Race. It's not a secret anymore. It's not a secret anymore. Donna Bellissima now is known to the world mm-hmm. as me, Danny Francesi. And it was so fun. It was so hard to do. The show was weird to watch. This is my first time ever doing anything reality-based. Mm-hmm. And it's just weird, you know, because you, you, the world gets edited. And it's like what they keep and what they don't keep and all that other kind of stuff. And it's so fun to watch all of that. Yeah, it was just a blast. It was literally, like, so much fun to do. And I got to talk about conversion therapy and talk about mm-hmm. God a little bit and just continue that message to the queer community like hey god loves you like even if it was just through the example of somebody getting up there i used to be so afraid to be at all feminine you know like there were Mm -hmm. things when i was growing up when i was like in middle school i'd be like holding my book a certain way like all the girls Mm -hmm. would hold their book kind of positioned on their hip and all the guys were supposed to hold it in their hand like down straight with a straight arm at their side and i I didn't even know that i was just talking to my friends and holding it on my hip and some girls like why do you hold your Book like a girl, and I was like, (laughs) and I was like, what do you mean? And I looked around, I'm like, oh shit, I do. Uh (laughs) And I'm like, and that happened so many times in my life with the white, my white Care Bear skates when only girls had white skates and Uh everything. So here's like an opportunity for me to just lean into it. I have no more hangups anymore. I am who I am, and it took the journey to get there. But here I I am, going like. Let me just tape my titties together <laughs> for Jesus, you know. And I was, I was playing Jesus. for the Trevor Project. I was playing for the Trevor Project, which does have uh, conversion therapy training there, you know, and, th- and things like that. So that was one thing I was excited about, and it really was like t- taping my titties for Jesus. So if you have an opportunity to see it, it was on VH1. You can get it on the VH1 app, or you can get it. Uh, on, um, yeah, well, I, I get mine on Amazon. I just yeah. buy it. I buy the whole yeah. season right out. But it's really fun just to watch, to see me, um, you know, trying to stop my 18-wide female foot in a, <laughs> in, in, a, in a heat gun spread 16. <laughs> like, just, it was horrible. It was like putting a biscuit in a basket. But you know what? We did it, and it was a lot of fun. So check that out. Check out Tana Bellissima. You know, I've always been in love with uh, Broadway and musical theater and all that. So to me, it felt like right in line with uh, doing that kind of thing. 
And I also got to do my play, um, Italian Mom mm-hmm. Loves You, where I am playing another Italian woman in drag. I think this is a new feature for me. Yeah. Um, I might become like the Italian Medea, like Tyler Pepperoni or something. I don't know. But like, <laughs> Shut if, up. You have, if you're in Waterbury, Connecticut <laughs> in October, uh, check out um, or just go to, yeah, check out Italian Mom Loves You, my play. Or you could look, go to Facebook.com slash Italian Mom to check out where the play is going to be. But you know what, Azzy, that's what's the new news with us. But I think we should get mm-hmm. into some... Queer Christian news. Don't you mess with the power of musical theater. You You're hear telling me? me? You're telling me? <laughs> I got to tell you the story of what Door Fellowship Church in McAllen, Texas, honey, I've been to McAllen. <laughs> they decided that the best thing they could do in the wider world was to stage a performance of Hamilton. but they also decided to rewrite it to be a very quote-unquote Christian and very anti-gay version. See, see, this is what I was pitching you before. Like, if we did the Legally Blonde parody, right? What were Mm -hmm. we going to call it again? Uh, It was going to be that that one. Legally his. If we were (laughs) going to do that, this is what I was going to say. Like, we should make it, like, anti-gay. We should make it a parody. Oh, yeah, let's make it anti-gay for sure. I can't stand the gays. Like, to make sure that when people see that that they know that it's silly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Well, apparently... The church rewrote the Broadway blockbuster so that Alexander Hamilton and his wife Eliza both talked about their strong belief in Jesus Christ because, you know, that's something that no one's talking about at all. And then at the end of the show, the church's pastor gave a sermon that compared being gay with an addiction. <laughs> I have so many questions. Well, I, first, why does the church want to stage Hamilton? Is it because all, like, all the kids are into it and they're trying to, like, co-opt it? Like, or why do you feel the need to re- rewrite it? It's historical, historical-based, so just, like, leave it the way it is. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a piece because they're trying to tell the story. Well, certain. this vein of Christianity within our Americanized Christianity loves to rewrite history so that it fits their narrative, so that way you become more like them. You walk like them, you talk like them, you vote like them. You know, that's the end goal. That's the end goal, honey. That's all they care about is homogenization. Well... Guess what else editing and staging an unauthorized version of a hit musical does, Danny? What does it do, Ezzy? It breaks copyright laws. (gasps) But aren't Christians with a hard art, like, um, (laughs) above the law? They are. They really are. At least they think they are. When playwright Lin-Manuel Miranda heard about the production, he made sure that he wasn't giving away his shot. And thank God for that. He spoke out and his lawyers got involved. And guess what? The church had to issue an apology for stealing Miranda's work. Yes, stealing. As in, thou shall not steal. As in a commandment. (laughs) Yeah, it's a commandment, girl. Well... Like, they, like you said, Christians with a hard R are above the law. <laughs> and they had to make a confession. So Lin-Manuel Miranda and the Hamilton team are taking it in stride. They shared that any damages they win will be donated to the South Texas Equality Project, an LGBTQ organization. Well, that's taking the damage and doing some good with it. So that's positive it spin. really is. Yeah. So... Let's end this little story with a quote from the response to the news from the Hamilton team. 
The Hamilton family stands for tolerance, compassion, inclusivity, and certainly, certainly LGBTQ plus rights. Hey, there we go. Here, 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 here. <laughs> well, that's awesome. That takes us to the praise report and prayer request section of our show. This is where if you have a little something extra that you need to ask God about, we will pray with you and ask our listeners to do the same. But if you have a little something that you want to hallelujah about, then we'll just throw it on our microphone and make it a little bit louder uh, so the world can hear and rejoice with you. So here we are with the praise report and the prayer request. We have a prayer request. This comes from Joshua, and it is very sweet. Hello, I'm a 13-year-old gay male, and I have a prayer request. I came out to my mother, who is very accepting and caring. My dad, on the other hand, is a very conservative Christian and has taken a very anti-gay stance. He defended the pastor who said gay people should be executed. Oof. Mm. I need prayer for when I eventually come out to him. Maybe it could be a wake-up call to him or at least make him be accepting. Um, well, That's heavy. It is heavy, but Josh, I want to tell you, Joshua, like, uh, uh, time can heal a lot of things yeah. and you just continue yeah. to be a good Christian and be an example to your dad yeah. of what that looks like. And as long as you're being a good example, then there could be no denying that you're a good person and everything that you are is good. Yeah. It's difficult, but I, you know, personally, deep down in my heart, sometimes I feel like it's the job of the LGBTQIA Christian to sort of save the soul of some of the elders who were taught wrong. It's not your, it's not your dad's fault that he was taught that this was the way, because um, a lot of things that we're finding out, like mistranslations in the Bible and other reasons why people have this feeling that uh, God wouldn't love gays, is, seems to be misguided. So what your job is, is just to be the great, a great example of a great son and a great Christian and gay. And I think it's something that your dad will eventually come around to because you shouldn't ever feel like you should be executed or that you're not loved or that you're not wanted or you're not who you're supposed to be. God made you fearfully and wonderfully and you were chosen and you were made special. So just remember that. And I'm sorry that you have to go through this, but, you know, take, take time. You're very young and time can heal a lot of things. So just take your time with it. But I'm happy that at least you have a supportive mom to be around who is accepting and caring because sometimes that's all you need is your mama. So just make just ask your mom to make sure that you're if you as long as you feel like you're in a safe space with your dad, um, eventually, you know, um, you, you could see miracles because with God, anything is possible. And I'm third generation Pentecostal, so it's in my bones, honey. And I just want to speak this over you right now, Josh. Psalms 91, you abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So no matter what anybody says around you or at you, remember that you abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And your mom, who is the supportive figure in your life right now, is the manifestation of the shadow of the Almighty. So lean into her, lean into the safe spaces that you can find and carve out for yourself. You know, we're here for you. And there's other, you know, the Trevor Project's also there for you if you ever need to speak to someone as well. So... We speak that over your life right now. And we love that you reached out to us because you are, you're part of the Yash Jesus community. So don't forget that. We love you. And we're here for you. So um, leave us a message anytime. And if anything changes, let us know how it goes. Yeah. Um, keep in touch with us. Yeah. We're here for you, Josh. All right, Joshua. Thank you. And God bless. And as we have a praise report. Get your praise on because this praise report comes to us from the notorious Zig. Uh, it's definitely the notorious Z I G. <laughs> oh, notorious Z I G, honey. 
<laughs> not going to let that one slide. Thank you. Indiana I appreciate boy. that. <laughs> Thank you. I grew up in Indiana, okay? He's Brooklyn's best. I can't. He's Brooklyn's best, B.A. Biggie. Um, what's up? So I wonder if it's, I wonder if his name is Ziggy, Ziggy Smalls. Because he's yeah. going with the Notorious, like the Notorious Z.I.G. Maybe. So I, I think that would be cool. But um, uh, what's up, Notorious Z.I.G.? <laughs> so Notorious Z.I.G. says, I just listened to the blessed to be out of the cursed closet episode. As a closeted person myself, I really needed this, and I'm so thankful for the Yes Jesus podcast from Notorious Z.I.G. Uh-huh. Oh, listen, um, you know, listen, you obviously like Biggie. Um, which I'm, a, which who I'm a huge fan of, and Biggie took everything that he was, and was just proud of it. He was big. He was, you know, he loved. Uh, um, he was just honest about everything in his life, almost to a fault, you know. And I think that's one of the things that I find that so amazing of him. He came from nothing, and was able to make all of his friends have money, you know. Um, they used to want, like in in the song Juicy, he talks about how he didn't know if he had any heat. Like around Christmas times, and now his mom's like in mink coats, like every and laughing when he's on the yeah. cover of, the, of of magazines. So um, take a page out of Biggie's book and just really, you know, put your chest up and say, "I am just amazing the way I am." Um, and I hope that one day that you really have an opportunity to fully uh, be authentic and live a great life. I was in the closet for a really long time in different parts of my life, whether I was out to family. Out to friends, but not to family. Out to family, but not in my career. And then finally, when I took the leap to, f- to just be however um, I want to be, it was like the greatest backpack full of bricks that ever fell off me. So I just wish that for you. And he is your icon. I know that, Danny. So before we go out to the scripture of the day, can you take us out with one of your favorite lyrics from Biggie? He made the change from a common thief to up close and personal with Robin Leach. <laughs> I mean, it's just right there. Like, you know. He had to fight and do things for himself to make ends meet, and then one day is on Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. So, I just, uh, I just yes. would love to see you go from being uh, feeling like you were in a in a closet at some point to really just feeling like you can come out of that cursed closet and and, and live your life fully. Zig. All right. Well, we are going to head out of this segment. And when we come back, we're going to come back hot with the scripture of the day and learn more about a biggie in Israel back in the day. And if you don't know, now you know. Hey, Yes Jesuits, if you love listening to the podcast as much as we love making it, we'd like to ask you to support the show however you can. We have launched a Buy Me a Coffee page where you can make a one-time contribution to keep the show running. And if you really, really, really love us, please consider becoming a monthly sponsor. Links to Buy Me a Coffee and becoming a monthly sponsor are in our show notes and on our website, yesjesuspod.com. If you can't donate right now, please, please consider leaving us a review on Apple and Spotify podcasts, following us on social media, and sharing us with a friend. All of these things help us to bring you new episodes. So, to all the zaddies and mama bears and everyone out there who already subscribes and support us, thank you so much. We seriously could not do this without you. And now, without further ado, on to the show. And now it's time for the scripture of the day. 
Scripture of the day. <laughs> scripture of the day. And if you don't know, now you know. <laughs> it comes to us from Judges 5-2. When locks are long in Israel, when the people offer themselves willingly, bless the Lord. Ooh, that's a, that's a strange one. When locks are long in Israel... When does the that people mean, offer themselves that willingly. Does, does it, that's what locks? I think of. Or is oh, it Rapunzel. Are your locks long in Israel? That's what I think of. You know what we need more of in this world? What? Lady bosses. Oh, yes, we do. And if we had more lady bosses, I think shit would get done efficiently and neatly. You know, I was in Washington uh, lobbying Congress on behalf of Elizabeth Taylor AIDS Foundation, and um, there was somebody there from AIDS United, which is this amazing organization that unites all the the tiny um, HIV and AIDS organizations around the country and brings them together so they all have the same information. And I turned to him when we were in Washington, and I said, it was right before the election, too, and I was like, what are we going to need in this country in order to get stuff really turned around? And he's like, more women in power. Mm, He's like, the women had to work so hard to get to where they have to get to that they don't have time to mess around. They just get stuff done. And a lot of men have just been like really cozy and comfortable with their feet up on the chairs here for so long that they feel untouchable and everything's so slow. So that's, I I think that this is a true statement. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us a lot about the stories of women. It still has that same sexism that undervalues women's stories. But when it does tell the story of women, they are lady bosses. There's a really cool book actually called The Red Tent. Um, mm-hmm. Which is which is it, it, the Bible stories? If the women were like the leads of the story, I love. Um, well, yeah. we are going to talk about two different types of lady bosses that come from the Bible, because what other book is there? And there they are in the same story. So let's dig into this Bible story, but let's make it extra special by making it a <laughs> big oh, yes. Bible story. It's All excellent. Right. So we can light up and get toasty like we often do. This is actually the way, how the way Yash Jesus started is we would sit around in Bible wonder and smoke a J and be like, people need to hear this. Well, yeah, but like I would, I would be passed out and then I would wake up and Danny would still be talking. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Very true for all my friends. Very true for all my friends. Okay, we're all lit up. There we go. Yes, we are. Are you good? Let's okay, get you high toasting? on the most high. <laughs> let's get high on the most high. Okay. All right. <laughs> let's set the stage for this right now. Okay. We're in the book of Judges, like Judy, all right? Mm-hmm. And let's be honest. The book of Judges doesn't get that much attention. Like, I never really hear a lot about it. It's like an overlooked gem. But if you like yeah. epic stories of wars and battles, like some Game of Thrones shit, like an extended fight montage from Lord of the Rings, well, then Judges <laughs> is your ticket. Okay? I want an extended fight montage from Game of Thrones or now House of Dragons. That's I, I like Lord of the Rings, but I'm more of a... That that's my scene, but yes, the Book what of are Judges. Are you into Judges? Are you into Judges though? Are you judging Judges? Always. Well, the book of Judges tells the story of Deborah. And yes, she was a judge for Israel. The Bible tells the story of a woman leading ancient Israel. Can you believe? The Bible tells the story of a woman leading ancient Israel in Judges. Yes. And according to Judge 4, verse 5, she used 
to sit under the palm of Deborah between Roma and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites came up to her for judgment. Yes, your ears do not deceive you. We have a lady boss judging the nation of Israel. And she'll just sit under a tree. And people would come up to her with their problems and disputes, and she would judge between them. This is what you do back in the day. In addition to being a judge, Deborah was a military leader and also a prophet. She clearly had a connection with God, so she would give military advice directly from God because, you know, God's just bored up in heaven, just like, what can I do right Playing now? Playing a giant game of risk. Right. <laughs> The next verse confirms this in Judge chapter 4, 6 through 7. She sent and summoned Barak, son of Abinam. Did I say that right? Abinam. Abinoam. Yeah, oh, Abinoam. Now, what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's from Kadesh. Okay. And that's in Naphtali. And said to him Hold up. Barak is in Obama, though? Did Deborah summer Obama? Is Obama named after a biblical character? She's, she was she was not only a judge, a prophet, she was also a sorcerer. She was a witch. Oh my God, please make it happen. Bring Obama back. <laughs> <laughs> well, Barack is a very like common like Middle Eastern word name. I mean, you know, honestly, if we want to get weird about it, conspiracy theorists about it, oh, the word weird. Akbar is in Barack. So the gay club Akbar? So... Barack Obama started Akbar. But what are you talking Judge, about? Judge Deborah said, summoned Barack Obama back in the day and said, You will start a gay bar after your, you know, long before your president, actually. Before your president, you will start so a gay Akbar, bar. In the Silver gay Lake. bar that we go to in Silver Lake. <laughs> Is, this okay, is, this is too confusing. Are you with me now? No, absolutely <laughs> no, okay, not. Okay. Let's okay, well, anyway. anyway. <laughs> let's All right, let's get back to judges. Here's what Deborah said <laughs> The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you position yourself at Mount Tabor, taking 10,000 from the tribe of Naphtali and the tribes of Zebulon. I will draw out Sisera the general of Jabin's army, to meet you by the Wadi Kishon with his chariots and his troops, and I will give him into your hand. Whoa, we have to break that down a little bit more. Mm -hmm. The Lord God of Israel commands you, position yourself at Mount Tabor. She said, get ready, boys. Okay, taking 10,000 from the Mama's tribe of Naphtali. Okay, so this is kind of like Khaleesi right now, you know? Yes, that's exactly it. That's okay, exactly and the it. Yeah, yeah, and the tribe of Zebulun. So she's got all these tribes. She's like, I'm taking 10,000 from this tribe and 10,000 from this tribe. And I will draw out Sisera. Tell Sisera it was me. No, <laughs> I will draw out Sisera, the, the general of Jabon's army, and I'll meet you outside of the schoolyard by the swings, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so she's going to go get the general to meet she's you. She's tired the... of hanging out up on the hill yeah, under the she's tree. she's not having it. She she's wants like, to go to war. With his chariots, okay, and his troops, mm -hmm. and I will give him into your hands. So she's like, I'm going to give you this whole entire army to play with. Uh -huh. And that sounds like a prophecy, like God is promising that this will happen. Because that's a big, tall order. Well, Look you know. miracle. Not only crazy men wrote the Bible, some, there are some crazy women in it too. No, okay, I'm sorry. That's not the... <laughs> and Barack, okay. And here we go. And Barack, and we know is a good guy because he's named Barack, said, I'll only go if you go with me. 
So Deborah isn't just a judge or a prophet. She's also a warrior. And Barack knows that he needs a good, strong lady boss woman alongside him <laughs> as he goes into battle, especially if that woman has a direct connection to God. I mean, she could just beep God, because I'm assuming, because I remember when cell phones were invented, so if she could just beep him. I'm yeah, sorry, that was bad. I think so. Yeah, and I also just want to note citation here. I'm coming at this with the framework of, like, I guess, I guess, I just don't fully believe this, that God really told her to Wait, do this. you don't think that Noah took two cockroaches onto the <laughs> onto the ark? I don't know if I can be friends with you anymore. Uh, stop. Be friends with me, please. Um, yeah, I just, I, that's the framework I'm coming out okay, with. Okay, so this okay. is one of the moments in the Bible you're doubting, that your faith is weakening. Yeah, like, come on, Deborah, did God really <laughs> tell you this? Like, come on, I, I just imagine her, I, this, I, this is, I see myself, like, her telling this to me. I'm like, but I don't, like, in, in my head, internally. Like, I don't want to go to war, honey. No, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying the Roman bathhouses over here. Like, I'm having a good time. Like, don't take me to war. Deborah. is this really what you want to do? But anyways, think, I digress. Do you think that she's, do you think that she, like, like, what if you were her gay best friend and she told you all this? Ooh, that's different. Yeah, I would, I, no, I would still be like, come oh, on, girl. honey. Like, get it together. I think maybe we just need to go get brunch and like have a good, a good day at the thrift store, you know, like, and maybe things will calm down for you. Like, but Deborah agrees to go with him. Yeah. So she goes with him, but let's him know that he is not going to be the hero in this situation. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to go with you, but I'm still lady boss. Yeah, so listen to Judges. Listen to Linda Judges. <laughs> listen, yeah. Chapter listen 4, Linda. verse 9. <laughs> she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the road on which you are going will not lead you or will not lead to your glory. For the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. So I guess she is prophesying because she's predicting. And if she's saying in the hand of a woman, is that going to be her? Is that, is that for Deborah? Well, we got to read on to find out. So Sisera, the enemy, now sees Barak, Deborah, and their whole army. And you know what he does? We have an epic battle. No. We have a dance-off to the death. No. We have a little man-on-man -man action, because I could use that right now. Like a steamy love scene in the middle of his battle, just like raging around them. Like all of a sudden, like the, the guys get out of the chariots and they uh -huh. like take off their loincloths and then they walk up to each other and that would be so hot. And then? <laughs> no, that's not what happens <laughs> <But> no. though, right? <laughs> but no, no, okay. I'm trying to help it, the story along here. <laughs> so Cicero runs away. That's what happens. Cicero oh, She just runs, runs away, like fight or flight. Away. She's just they like, said, abort mission, abort. Okay, so he just like, Pew. well, that's pretty anticlimactic. Yeah, it's, it's a little more dramatic than that. In addition to seeing Barak and Deborah and the whole army, God also sent Sisera's whole army into a panic. So we know that God is certainly working with Deborah. They, they have an alliance here, okay? So they're working with Deborah to sabotage Sisera and his army. Now I'm pitching this like a movie uh, where the villain sees the chaos around them and gets down off their horse. They had horses, right, then? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, they were okay. And time. then runs yeah. to, like, regroup. And that's what happened every single time in the movies. There's an epic battle, and it's mm -hmm. never the climax of the movie. The climax is when the hero and the villain have their own battle together. But who is the hero? Is it Deborah or Brock? Well, Deborah did say that God would give sister to the hand of a woman. So it's probably not Barack. Like, Deborah is a woman. She might be talking about herself. Okay. 
here's where the story gets even more exciting. So Sisera has run away from the battle. Yeah, runny little coward. <laughs> Sissy that walk, Sisera. Sissy that walk, Sisera. Yes, that's so good. Sisera fled to a safer place. This is what Judge 417 says. Now Sisera had fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, wife of Haber, the Kenite, for there was peace between King Jabin of Hazar and the clan of Heber and Kenite. Oh my God, this is Haber just like Game of Thrones. It gets so confusing because there's all these new names. <laughs> okay, I want to go over it one more time. So, okay. so now Sisera fled away on foot to the tent of Jael. Well, remember a lady named Jael, the wife, the wife of Heber. Okay, mm-hmm. Heber. Mm-hmm. All right, um, which reminds me of how Bert and Ernie say hi to each other. Like, Heber, great. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. okay, so that's how I remember okay. that. So Jael wife, which is like my old ball and chain, right? And Heber are married. He's a key knight. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There's peace right now between King Jabon of Hazar and and the clan of Heber Canite. So both of the both of the two places, which are Haber and King Jabin of Hazar, were at peace at this moment. So because sure. of that, she was able to go with them. Okay. Sister was able to go with them because there was peace between the Canites and King Jabin. So Jail and Haber took her, took Sister in. I know it sounds like so confusing, but I just want to make sure we get it right. Give it to me in like hotel chains. Okay, <laughs> hotel chains. <laughs> Currently, there's a merger going on between Holiday Inn and um, Marriott. Maybe. Okay, got okay. it. Okay, got it. Yeah. So because of that, give me give um, it to me in capitalistic terms. <laughs> That's the only thing <laughs> I know. Basically, because these, this king and this uh-huh. other tribe were getting along together, right? The tribe that Cicero came into was welcome currently in town. So Haber and Jail took Cicero in. So Jail was the wife. Yeah, Haber if you're, if you're Jail, listening to this and you're saying Azariah still didn't get it. it. <laughs> you still don't get it? <laughs> but there's a merger happening. That's what's happening. A no, merger of kingdoms. No. A kingdom we're just, t- we're just, took in Cicero in. Took Cicero we're in. just saying for almanac purposes, for calendar purposes, that currently at this time, the clan of Canite and King Jabin of Hazer were getting along. So because that was happening, Jael and Haber, who were Canaanites, were allowed to take Sisera in, who was from Hazer. It's confusing. I told you it's confusing. Yeah, there's a lot of new names. (laughs) So basically, Sisera fled to a place where there was a treaty in place that would protect him. And let's just leave it at that. Okay. But he ends up at the tent of Jael. Jael is a wife and she offers some shelter and safety for Sisera. Listen to this in Judges 4.18. Jael came out to meet Sisera and said to him, turn aside, my Lord, turn aside to me, have no fear. So he turned aside to her into the tent and she covered him with a rug. Strange move. So she's aiding and abetting the enemy. Rugs are very heavy. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, a rug by a fire that sounds like They're period. The, I assume it's probably It hot. sounds like it was trending, but like everyone wanted like a fur by the fire with a cauldron, the clay Got pot. It. That makes sense. And Sisera asks her for something to drink and to stand guard outside the tent. He tells her that if anyone asks if she's seen her, she should answer no. But she doesn't do that. No, she doesn't, Danny. No, she doesn't. (laughs) And the Bible doesn't say how long she waited. It was enough for Sisera to fall asleep, and then she, well, 
We should let judges tell it. This is Judges 421. Jill, wife of Heber, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand and went softly to him. Oh, my God. And then drove the peg into his temple until it went down into the ground. He was lying fast asleep from weariness. And guess what? He died. Holy Shiloh. She drove a 10 pig through his head. That's like a horror movie. Truly, it really is. I did not know, I did not see this going that way. Do you think it was like one massive blow with a hammer or was it like gentle tap? Oh, no, no, it had had to be a. It had to be like a crack. crack. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Do you think there was a point? Cutting a clack, clack. (laughs) Oh, no. Do you think there was a point when Cicero woke up? Like, like he's like, hey, what's going on? Hey, submissive woman, you're not supposed to be doing that. (laughs) <laughs> like, do you think he tried to get up, but only his, like, butt could get up because his head was still big oh, to the ground? Oh, that, I don't want to envision it, truly, to be honest. I hate gory things. But then Jael goes out to find Barak and Deborah in Judges 4.22. Then as Barak came in pursuit of Sisera, Jael went out to meet him and said to him, Come and I will show you the man whom you are seeking. So he went into her tent, and there was Sisera lying dead with a tent peg in his temple. I think Barack walked in all shocked at the scene. I mean, there's a guy laying there with a tent peg through his head. And I think Deborah walked in, looked around with a satisfied smile, and, you know, just gave that knowing nod to jail. Lady boss recognizes lady boss. Mm-hmm, okay. So I'm a little <laughs> disappointed that there wasn't any, like, man-on-man action in the battlefield, though. <laughs> but I could catch a few sapphic vibes of seeing Deborah in jail, maybe. Maybe they were making eyes at each other while Barack was trying to figure out what the hell happened. She's like, that's right, lady boss. So that's why Deborah and Jail are lady bosses. Aha! I saw a post on Instagram from a pastor, and he said he was considering naming his daughter Jail. That it would be to let her know how to deal with, with assholes, or at least sending a message to the assholes out there not to mess with her. That's right. She'll draw them in and then nail their heads to the floor, because that's... What happens when you try to mess with the lady boss? I mean, it would make a good horror movie. Like, no joke. <laughs> it really would. They haven't made any biblical horror movies. It's kind of weird. <laughs> That's her calling, Danny. Well, As you wouldn't even have to change this. It is we would just calling have the, the to create Christian and so horror it was movies. written. And so it was written. I didn't <laughs> so it was written this. and so it shall be. And I, so it we shall written. make Christian horror movies. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> or at least a parody of it at some point. Um, well, if you, you want us to have better mics <laughs> and to make Christian horror films, you should sponsor us for the, the coffee. What is it? Yeah, what is this? buy us a coffee, will you? Okay. Buy us a coffee. <laughs> Actually, w- thank you for joining us. Actually, what we want for your tithe, love offering, charity, act of good this week. There are so many lady bosses out there. Take some time to learn from a few. I can think of a few. I grew up with some women pastors and my mom, she's a lady boss. My mom's a straight up lady boss. Oh, yeah. The first comes to mind is my, pro- my professor in college, Miss Patricia Crotty. She was a lady boss. And there was a lot of lady bosses out there. Allie Willis was a lady boss. My mom's a lady boss for sure. My oldest sister, Bobby's a lady boss. I'm just calling them out by names. Call them as you see them. Beyonce, <laughs> Brittany. <laughs> lady bosses oh that's funny Serena Williams did you see her US at the, the US Open I didn't I saw the headline popping up on my iPhone that's what I saw that's as much of the sports as you can handle that's truly my capacity <laughs> tell us more lady bosses that we should showcase and talk about send them to us on our website 
And now it's time for the closing prayer segment of our show. That's right, everyone. So we have a cool new way that we are starting out our prayer section in May. We here at Yes Jesus attended the DragCon and got to talk to some people. I'm sorry, if I had my own con, I'd want you to say my name too. RuPaul's DragCon. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm Mother Ru. I know you're not listening, but I am sorry. That is my higher power. <laughs> no, uh, so you just apologized. Re- <laughs> I just apologized. Yes, it's very true. So um, we did go to the RuPaul's Drag Race uh, Drag Con, and we got to talk to some of the most faithful and fabulous LGBTQ queens out there. And so they did give us a prayer uh, here at the Yes Jesus community. So we're going to be playing those. Yeah, I mentioned drag queen prayers. Like, we found uh, some of the most incredible queens to uh, leave a prayer for y'all. So I'm really excited about that. Because every time a drag queen prays, an angel gets knee-high boots. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Who's who's, who's, who's praying for us today? I love that. Uh, Well, today we have the amazing, lovely Britta Filter. Oh, Britta. Yeah, you know, praying makes everything a little Britta better. (laughs) I love that. Hi everyone, this is Britta Filter, and I am so excited to be here with you. And I just want to tell you that, listen, sometimes things may happen and you might get discouraged, um, but to keep on going. When I first started drag, I was so afraid and I started doing something that I was afraid of every single day and it gave me the strength to be the powerful person that I am today. So keep on motherfucking slaying, bitch, cause you got this. You Britta work queen. <laughs> that not only was that a lady boss prayer, but that also sounded like it was directed a little towards Joshua too. Like, oh, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's all, it, that, it all comes together. You know, when you pray, it all comes together. And uh, so, thank you so much for that powerful and awesome prayer, Britta Filter. Uh, God, today we are all joining in prayer, and we are giving thanks and praise for all of those lady bosses out there in our lives. Those ladies who use their strength, their charm their sheer grit and the skills to make this world even better. They're often overlooked in our sexist society, but we need them. We need them. I always, Lord, when I see one of those moms of a gay son in a bar with their kid, I always always walk up to them and say, thank you for your, your service because you are our soldiers. And I mean that. We also pray for the Door Fellowship Church in McAllen, Texas. They clearly need their hearts softened. They need to learn that using someone else's work of art without permission is stealing. And they need to learn that Hamilton is not a homophobic show. They need to learn how much harm they are bringing to the community around them. Please show them your light and the beauty of all of their reactions. And we pray for Joshua and his relationship with his dad. Coming out to a parent is very scary. And knowing that your parent is anti-gay makes it scarier. Keep Joshua safe. Protect his heart and his mind. Help his dad to listen, learn, and love his son. And we give praise with Z-I-G. I love how I said that. Z-I-G. Okay, girl, calm down. Uh, and it's we <laughs> We give praise that they are out of the curse of the closet. Amen, yes. Let them live openly and abundantly, shining their light as bright as it can get, and their true colors in whatever room they enter. Hallelujah, yes. Amen. Come on, Spirit. 
Your holy and precious name, amen, yes. Jesus. We claim it. We claim that we for Joshua. It, we claimed it. Yes, and we, we did, praise Josh. it with the notorious D-I-G-G, yes. okay? Come on. Um, <laughs> Let's get a praise break. Uh, yes. I have, I'm just praising it out right now because I'm excited. This is nice. Even Britta, we didn't even know what Britta's prayer was going to be. And look at that. It fit right in perfect. I mean, I don't remember that from May. I mean, how amazing. And I'm going to carry that with me now because that message was for today and it was for you. And thank you all for listening to another episode of Yash Jesus. You can find us on social media at Yash Jesus Pod or on our website at YashJesusPod.com. If you like the show, please, and we're literally begging, become a monthly sponsor. You can find the link to do so in the show notes, pretty please. And if you haven't yet, please leave us a review or share us with a friend because that's very helpful too. If you don't have any money, if you're 13 and you don't got a dollar on you, I know it's it's okay. Just give us five stars, buddy. So <laughs> let me tell you something. Doing so helps us reach new people and keeps this show running. Yeah, I know how to have those pockets empty and to not be able to help monetarily, but, you know, be of service how you can, where you can with what you want to be of service to. So you can leave an audio prayer request or praise report on our website at yasjesuspod.com. We would love to share your voice and your prayers on the show. So drop us a line or send us a prayer or a recording. This is what I meant to say on yasjesuspod.com. Y-A-S-S-G-E-S-U-S-pod.com. Yeah, send us your praise reports, your prayer requests, your episode ideas, your guest ideas, or even just a, hey, we miss you. We miss you too. We'd love to hear from you. Yash Jesus is hosted by me, Danny Francesi. And of course... <laughs> Girl, the... <laughs> Very stoned Azariah Southworth music, sound editing, and all things audio are done by the Chris Heckman. And our show is produced by the freaking Deacon Ross Murray and Meredith Polly, our lady boss. (laughs) I know. We are streaming and screaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. So check us out everywhere. And even right here, right now, I know that God loves me and you just as you are. Exactly. So don't forget to keep praising the Lord, y'all. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye.